This is an OSV Podcast Network production. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. This is Like a Mother with Katie McGrady, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about motherhood. The ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the realities, the joys, the struggles, the pains, the moments where we think I can't do this and the moments where we rejoice that we are doing it and everything in between. I'm your host, Katie McGrady. We are so happy you're here. Are you looking for the perfect gift for a young Catholic? Well, look no further. Saints of the Kingdom has created the first ever one-of-a-kind St. Michael the Archangel action figure. Young Catholics, your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, nephews, your students, they're going to have so much fun with this action figure and increase their devotion to St. Michael, all, of course, while growing in their faith. Half the proceeds of your purchase will be donated to Catholic Charities. You can find this amazing gift at saintsofthekingdom.com or visit the link in our show notes to order today. We're grateful that they are sponsoring today's episode. There are sometimes people that you encounter in life that they seem to have it all together. And not in the sense of like their house is perfectly clean and you know that their bank account has enough money in it, but that they they know what they're about. I think for moms, sometimes we struggle with that. We don't know what we're about. We know the task that needs to be completed for the day. We know what responsibilities are on our list. We are very aware of the needs of the people around us, but we don't know what we are about. And, and sometimes the world will tell us, well, you have to be about work or you have to be about total only ever focus on your children or, or you have to be about finding your own sense of self-worth and value before you can do anything else for anyone else. And, and the world will give us lots of advice. Even the church sometimes will give us lots of advice about how to do it. But I think the best way to actually learn how to be ourselves, how to know what we are all about is to talk to people, to meet people who have done just that, who have figured out what they are all about, who understand in the right way that following my dreams or using my God-given gifts and talents or figuring out that balance between work and home, all of that is in pursuit of being my most authentic self. And when I'm my most authentic self, I'm the best kind of mother, I'm the best kind of wife, I'm the best kind of parent, I'm the best kind of person that I can be. When I first met Jen Fulweiler years and years ago, she actually, I, I told her in the interview that you're about to hear our conversation, I was sitting in the uh, ORD airport. I had just wrapped up an event and I was flying home and I hate the Chicago airport. So I was kind of in a miserable mood and my phone buzzed and I looked down and it was a text message from Jen Fulweiler and the text message simply read, Hey Katie, this is Jen Fulweiler from the Catholic channel. Uh, I'd love to have you on my show. What's your best email? And the next thing I knew, like a week later, I was on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM 129 for the first time. I now have that time slot with my name on it. It's now the Katie McGrady Show, and I go live in the same time slot that Jen used to go live in. The first time I ever got to chat with her on the radio and then the friendship that developed from there, I really came to a, an understanding of this is how a person lives an authentic life. Watching Jen, becoming friends with Jen, meeting Jen's family and knowing Jen's story, I have been encouraged. I've been been supported in not just pursuing my own dreams, but in recognizing that I love my family best when I know what I'm about. And, and knowing Jen Fulweiler, I have 
learned how to learn what I am about. And again, I think this is something that moms sometimes struggle with, or maybe you are excelling beyond compare at this, but it's worth contemplating. And I think asking ourselves this question, okay, well, what am I doing? What am I doing well? Where am I struggling? How can I focus on the things that need to be focused on and let go of the things that I don't need to be clinging to? What does it look like to pursue my own interests, not at the expense of other people, but recognizing that that makes me a happier individual, that makes me a healthier individual, that makes me a, a, a better mother. That, that means that I'm living my life and my motherhood in an integrated way. I think that's really what this show has ultimately kind of become about. How do we integrate our lives well? How do we find that necessary balance, but recognize it doesn't have to be this segregated pursuit of perfect family life or perfect job? Every conversation we have on this show, you know, it's oftentimes with people that I know quite well. And I was really excited to get to sit down with Jen, not just because, you know, when she left the Catholic channel on Sirius XM, I, I took the time slot over and now it's my show. But because, like I said, we've grown in friendship. There's a, a real desire amongst the, the two of us, between the two of us, to support one another in what we're doing in our endeavors and our, in our pursuits. And I loved getting to have this conversation with Jen. And I know that you're absolutely going to love listening to it because it really is a conversation about how to know what we're all about and how to pursue that well. I don't know. I should know how to do this, but there's a producer. It says that, we are. On it my says end, we it says are. We're recording. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. Technology still eludes me. Does it still elude you, Jen? Well, I used to work in high tech, so I'm, I'm usually pretty technical. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you code. I push buttons and complain when they don't work. <laughs> um, Jen Fuller, it's great to have you on the show. I feel like this is a, a long time coming. Um, this is where I, I do... The show that you, then the time slot you used to have, the show that I listened to faithfully for years that now I fill the time of. Uh, welcome to Like a Mother, different show completely. Um, but tell us who you are, where you are, and uh, and then we'll just kind of jump into it. I'm Jen Fulweiler. I'm a stand-up comedian podcaster from Austin, Texas. And uh, yeah, I'm also sitting in my little studio space. You, you just can't tell. I just have a <laughs> drapes behind me right now. But yeah, and I have six kids. <laughs> That's like the tagline. I'm a comedian right. and I have six children, which give me endless content. Um, endless. Is it is it cool to get to say I'm a stand up comedian? It is. Yeah. I, I mean, this it's it's a cool job. It really is. And so it's it, it's a fun space to be in. And a lot of times people don't think I'm like they don't believe me, Katie, <laughs> when yes. uh, when I say it, because I don't I don't look like it. And a, I have issues with people. Yeah, they they. They're like, no, but seriously, you're an accountant. What do you do? <laughs> I mean, once upon a time, you coded. Um, right. Yeah, not too far. I am kind of a math person. So I guess, yeah, that's my backup career. This happens sometimes. Like somebody will ask me on a plane what I do. And I've learned to just say I work in radio. Um, and usually they won't ask afterwards. Like, what does that mean? But occasionally they will, at which point you either get to brag or you get to like try to like sheepishly say, well, I have a show. Uh, and, and then sometimes they believe you and sometimes they don't. And I sat on a plane a few weeks ago next to a heart surgeon. So this guy is 10 times smarter than I am and wealthier and like doing much more important work than just talking. And he went, Oh, my wife has a podcast. <laughs> I wanted to turn to him and say, not the same thing, but thanks yeah. for letting me know. <laughs> so that people sometimes laugh when, right? it, when I, yeah, when I had that show all the time, 
people would introduce me. I mean, like my mom, people would introduce me. They're like, yes. this is Jen. She has a podcast. I was like, <laughs> it's probably one of the reasons I quit. I was like, well, if everyone's going to just say I have a podcast, I'll just, just going to do a pod. It's true. Yeah. I have to sometimes remind people there are pods and then there's the radio show and one is a real job and one is fun. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> but I want to hear this story. I mean, saying I'm a stand-up comedian because that is how you are making a living and what you are doing. Like, there's a cool story here. Tell us that story uh, for maybe the folks that listen to the show that don't know you and even for those who just love hearing it like me. Yeah, I... um. So I had your job on Sirius XM. I was, I'll never forget, 1 to 3 p.m. every weekday. And, Do you remember the um, phone number? <laughs> yep. And, and I, I, I got that job because I had started out as a blogger and then I got a book deal based on my blog. And, and what I said was all, all I ever wanted to do was write from day one. It's, it's all I ever wanted to do was write. And it, you know what's funny is I have an email exchange between me and SiriusXM. I should find this and put this on my Instagram at some point where I just <laughs> flatly turned them down. I said, I am a writer. Wow. I, don't, I don't do anything kind of speaking related. All I want to do is write, kind of leave me alone. And uh, this woman at SiriusXM, Liz Aiello, she's still a really good friend. Of Love mine, her. Was like, she's great. Yeah, no. And she flew to Austin and was like, you're, you're not <laughs> just going to be a writer. And uh, thank God she did that because yeah. once I was on the radio, I, I realized I really liked it. And the callers and people who listen to the show said, um, we, we like it when you go on your little rants and when you do a funny riff or whatever. And so that had kind of been in the back of my mind. And the first kind of writing I ever did way back in the day before blogs, before social media, I had started a website where I did humor writing. So my very first instinct when I was 20, 21 years old was humor writing. Like that, that was my, my first thought of what I should do with my life. And so I, I was kind of thinking about that, but stand-up still hadn't connected with me. I think in part I was blocked on it because that's a hard career for a mom to do because you mm -hmm. have to be in front of audiences all the time. And I, I, I didn't know if Austin had a stand-up scene or not. I, I just, the whole thing, it just hadn't clicked for me. And, and I'd actually been praying about it for a long time and I felt this discontent that you feel sometimes when you know there's some next step that you're supposed to take, but you're not sure what it is and you feel stuck. And I will never forget one time there was a, a big storm outside my house and it was late at night and uh, it's very dramatic. It's like something out of a movie. I kind of yelled at God in mm. this storm. I was sitting on my front porch to watch it. And I was like, can you please just either remove this feeling from me or tell me what it is that I'm supposed to do next, because I can't live in this place of uncertainty any longer. And the very next day, probably the only time in my life this has happened, I, I had a kind of voice of God moment. It was like, you're going to do stand up. I was sitting at my desk. It was either right before or right after I went on the air, apropos mm -hmm. of nothing, out of the blue, you're going to do stand up. That was... June of 2018. And I have not looked back. I've been really full time, like all I care about is stand up since that moment. But it was really, it was this night and day kind of thing. It, it was really funny how suddenly it, it happened. Yeah. I want to talk to this um, about, the, you said you had a humor blog. And yeah. like that, I mean, you wanted to do this from the get go, but then 
didn't. Like you had the humor blog. At what point did that die and other things took its place? And why do you think you kind of pushed that to the side? Yeah. Uh, okay. My, yeah, my humor for, I, I did, I actually had a humor. I uploaded writing to a website before there were even blogs. I mean, that is how early I was on this. So, so I did that and then transitioned to blogging from 2001 to, to, I shut it down in 2007 and I, that you know what it was is when I, I converted to Catholicism in 2007 and, um, I used my pre-Catholic language and I had pre-Catholic takes on things. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, it was successful. Like I, my website actually, the biggest issue I had with it is that my server was constantly uh, getting shut down because there was Mm -hmm. so much traffic. The server would just melt down and I couldn't get a server with enough bandwidth to to handle the traffic. So it was Mm -hmm. great. I mean, and that's how I got the literary agent that got me the first book deal from way, way yeah. back then. So it it was working, but I, I went through this crisis when I first became Catholic of like, okay, a lot of my humor involves dropping F-bombs every other <laughs> word and just constantly talking trash about people and criticizing everything and everyone. And to be honest, it was kind of funny. I was looking back at some of that writing. I was like, ah, oh, that was funny. Um, <laughs> but I I think I thought you can't be funny if you're Catholic for a few years. So I stopped doing that. And uh, yeah, I kind of had to rediscover that whole thing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that there because there is I think I mean, you were, we were saying before we went on the air, not on the air, we're recording. We're not on the air. I'm actually off today that we're recording this. It's kind of nice. nice that I still get to talk to somebody on an off day um, that like a lot of the late night hosts are all fallen away Catholics or like a lot of the most popular comics right now are disaffiliated Catholics. Uh, and here you are in the space Catholic and like not afraid of that. You don't hide it. It's not every joke, but that there's this you found a balance. And, you know, this is a podcast about motherhood. I think sometimes in motherhood, we don't think there's a balance. Like there's like I'm in mom mode or I'm in work mode. And it's actually like, no, my work mode informs my mom mode and my mom mode has to inform my work mode. How how have you and Joe with six kids and this burgeoning career in comedy, like how do you all find that? balance how do you as a mom who's got kind of this chaos but also a lot of structure going on how do you find that balance yeah we um I I really don't see those distinctions between work and family and it does it does help that I have a job that is flexible and and all of that um but I I just don't see those distinctions because uh I I run my comedy by my kids I mean I I run jokes (laughs) by them they are, um, my kids are also very funny. So they'll suggest tags and stuff that I can use on jokes that actually really work. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I was at a dive bar show in Austin the other day and, you know, and at these shows, nobody knows who I am. It's like a bunch of 25 year olds. They're all in various states of intoxication. And it, th- these are the hardest <laughs> rooms you'll ever go up in. Yeah. And, but it's uh, where you cut your teeth, I, right? What? It's where you cut your teeth. It's where you have oh, to yeah, yeah, you exactly, figure out yeah. what works. Yeah. Yeah. And and I still do it because that yeah. th- the only way to know if you're a good comic is can you make people who have never heard of you mm-hmm. and know nothing about you laugh? That so yeah, I still mm-hmm. I still do it all the time. I go to the little bar shows and stuff. And um so I tried out a joke that that my daughter gave me and it it killed. It was actually really funny. Um <laughs> so I, I I bring my kids into everything. We talk about my tour. 
they know what I invested in the special and what it took to get that. They're helping me decide how we distribute my next comedy special. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I just don't see big distinctions between work and family. To me, it's all life. We're, we're all trying to live our best lives and have fun individually and as a whole. And I, I, I just don't see these big walls in, in between work and, and family life. You have an open concept. Life. Yeah, exactly. We, I like that. We have an open concept life. Yeah, I love it. Well, and that's, why do you think some people don't? Because this is a criticism. I mean, you had this job. So on the, the first day that I announced I had gotten this Sirius XM gig, the first text message somebody sent me was like an acquaintance that I know through social media. And she was like, I'm so happy for your kids. Now you can put them to sleep at night. And I was like, I've been putting them to sleep at night. Like just because I'm going to be on the radio five days a week and not traveling as much doesn't mean like my children are going to necessarily benefit the most from this. Like, it oh, was this I immediate- didn't know what they meant. So they meant that because you took the radio job, you would be traveling less. I'd be traveling less as if like that. And I was like, I didn't take the job so that I would travel less. Like I took the job because they offered it to me and I thought I'd be good at it. And it was like this immediate, oh, well, you you had to, I guess, I guess the point I'm trying to make is Sometimes there are people who look at this open concept of like, no, it all connects. And it all is something that actually leads me to living life to the full, which means I'm a better mother, which means I'm better at all of the things that I'm doing. Some people like really fight against that. Like, no, 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 I can't do all the things well. I can only do one thing well. And there's like this people, Catholic moms sometimes give themselves a prize for sacrificing their own dreams or their own talents or their own gifts at the altar of I'm only ever going to serve my children. And like, yes, you are called to serve your children, but could we maybe talk about the fact that I can serve them better because I'm doing these things that I'm good at? Let's unpack that. There, there is, there is a, there are a lot of people in the Catholic world who use their faith as a cover for their fears. I think they have a lot Mm. of fears about being who God meant for them to be. And they use their faith as a scapegoat. And I think Jesus is over there like, no, I never told you you couldn't start a knitting hobby. I never said that. Don't put that on me. (laughs) And by the way, Katie, so it's interesting that you got that. I got a different reaction when I announced. (laughs) I don't know if I, okay. Tell me, no, please. Uh, (laughs) This is like a mother is the one show where I'm like, I want total and complete honesty from anyone who comes on. When I was offered the Sirius XM job, I asked some of my contacts in the speaking world and all that, what they thought of it. And I had a a rather well-known Catholic public figure tell me that there is absolutely no way that I could do this. I I will never forget. I can tell you I was on a walk. I can tell you what corner I was standing on in my neighborhood (laughs) because I had to stop. I was so shocked by what he was saying. He said, he, and I quote, this will destroy your family. And then he said, psychologically, there's no way you could handle the pressure. There's no way that you could do this. And uh, but that was his quote, that it would destroy my family. Uh, So I you got people Mm -hmm. saying that you're a better mother for taking the job. But I got people saying and and he wasn't the only one. Uh, So many people on social media were like, who's going to take care of the six children while you're on the air? So, uh, yeah, I got backlash like that. It was a real problem that I would be on the air for for two hours a day. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, think- I want to tell people I work less because of this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's not 
the hardest job in the world, guys. You just have to don't be tell there. people. Don't tell people. We work really hard, guys. We work really. Oh hard, yes, but- no. Oh, it's super hard. Yes, I prepped seven hours for seven every hours show. for two hours of radio. <laughs> That's um, fascinating. It, it came from a guy. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll tell you off the air who it was. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, no. You're, a, you're a, well. That's that's interesting because I do think sometimes there is that perception of, well, moms can't dare multitask. It's like that's literally what we do constantly. Like yeah, just so- yesterday I was building a Lego build while cooking dinner while also running a load of laundry and texting my producer about an interview that we needed to book for next week. Like I was doing all those things at the same time. You know what my husband yeah. was doing? And I love my husband dearly. He was playing the piano. Because he was yeah. giving himself 20 minutes of like piano time. And I was like, and that's fine because I have everything else under control. Why, you, you said something, faith as a cover for fear. Why do you think that happens? I, I, I think that a lot of people, men and women, are afraid to use their God-given gifts. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're just afraid to pursue it. They're, they're afraid that they will fail. They're afraid that they'll be rejected. They're they're afraid that they will look stupid. And so they tell themselves that it would be immoral to do that. Mm. And, um, you know, and it's interesting that there, there's kind of this culture, there was very much this culture kind of in the blog world when there was a community of blogging women of faith, there was very much this culture that if you are not gazing into your children's eyes for every waking hour, that everyone is awake. You are not a good mother. You are not checked in. And I always thought that was so strange. I'm like, do you guys know history? Have you <laughs> ever spoken to someone who lived like way back in the day? So I, when I was younger, I did an interview with some relatives of mine that were born around 1900. And so I actually got to talk to these women who were raising kids pre-electricity. Like there was no running water and electricity in their house. I've spoken to these women and they were like, oh, my word, we worked so hard. Like We had so much to do. They're like, do you know what it's like to wash clothes on a washboard and then have to <laughs> hang out every single one to dry? And then you know how their kids got chicken nuggets? They went into the barn and they got Clucky the chicken and they and personally the made that chicken into nuggets. Do you know how time consuming that is? These women did not have one on one interaction time with their children very often at all. The kids were running around the farm or in the 50s, they would, you know, run around the the neighborhood and just be home when the streetlights came on. I mean, this is like all of human history. But then somehow Mm -hmm. in the past 20 years, we got this idea that mothers from time immemorial have had just nothing but time to play blocks with their kids 12 hours a day. And it's like, read a history book, just one, like pick anyone at random and see if you still have that take. We're grateful to our sponsor today, Saints of the Kingdom, this incredible company that has created the first ever one-of-a-kind St. Michael the Archangel action figure. Young Catholics, your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, they're going to have so much fun with this action figure. And, of course, Catholic toys are going to help increase their devotion to St. Michael. They'll grow in their faith. And this is the best part. I love this. Half the proceeds of your purchase is going to be donated to Catholic charities. You can find... This amazing gift, the first ever St. Michael the Archangel action figure. Find it today at saintsofthekingdom.com or visit the link down in our show notes. I think it's the internet. Yeah. I think in the past 20 years. It really started with the blog world. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like, I mean, I I read your blog 
long before I was married, I was reading your blog. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, like deeply devoted. I was a big fan, uh, which now I find funny that like we text. I think the first time you texted me, actually, I was sitting in the Chicago airport. You asked me to come on the show and it was like, this is the greatest moment of my life. This woman that I follow. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, I always remember when my first book came out, one of my favorite things about it is that you took a picture with your students. It was you and your students with the book. And I remember thinking like, oh, she's really cool. Like, oh, a lot of people know who (laughs) you you were. uh, You were Katie Prejean at the time. And I was like, this is a big deal. I feel so legit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. We were both fanning each other. And and then I married somebody to give me a good name for radio. And it worked (laughs) out great. I I planned that entirely. Mm -hmm. But I, I think what you have done in the space, both with the radio job and now with comedy and in the blog, like all of it is show people one, this historical track, like, no, like women, my, both of my grandmothers worked and raised mm-hmm. three children that are all successful and happy and have families and like everybody's still close and good. But there's also this idea of like this idealization, idolization. I mean, literally like people idealize and then put as an idol in front of them, this aesthetic lifestyle. One of the things I remember you always blogging about was like your house was actually quite small and y'all made it work. Because there was a togetherness (laughs) still in that house. And like there's there's and and yet sometimes there's this ideal of like, well, no, we need this bigger space or we need it to look this way or like mom has to do this and dad has to do that. And rather than just like focus on our own holiness or our own motherhood, we constantly compare. And I feel like in our friendship, I've learned you don't do that. Like you are running your race. You are raising your children. Sometimes you tell people about it. A lot of times you don't. Right. It's like it's yours. How do you keep that focus? So I think a lot of moms struggle with that. I know I do. We're in the process of renovating a kitchen right now. And I've had to delete Pinterest from my phone so that I'm not tempted to just make a kitchen that looks good online. But like, nope, I'm going to make the functional kitchen for my family. How do you keep those? I don't want to say blinders, but keep that vision where it needs to be. I think it helps that I have very severe ADHD. And one <laughs> thing the one thing about that is man, we can hyper focus (laughs) like nobody's business. And so I just have a brain that is designed for hyper focus. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it helps too that I, I mean, it it helps that I'm in an industry that is sink or swim. I mean, I'm in like the mainstream entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and it is brutal and it is a slog and there's no, I mean, you know, if I if I get distracted and stop hustling for one week, like it's a problem. I mean, you, you've got to just kind of constantly hustle to make it in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so keeping that focus in the professional side, how about with your your kids? And you famously share your kids sometimes and then sometimes don't. You've got six of them. Um, I believe one of them one time wore the wrong shoes to mass. And that was a viral post that I distinctly remember. Uh, walking oh, that's into like church. every week. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just put it on Instagram once, but yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. And it's like, but, but with your kids, like they see that mom is, is focused in this area, but also like mom is focused on us and mom knows how to manage things for us. You you talked about how they help you with some of that comedy stuff. And, and I love that they're in a lot of the promos for your tour uh, as, as just like, you know, the background slash the children um, as as a mom, how do you find this professional hyper-focus on comedy is actually making you a better mother, like making you better for your kids and then, of course, better in your own right? Well, this sounds kind of funny, but I mean, 
everyone loves drama to talk about. It makes life interesting. It's just kind of fun <laughs> when there's drama and there's always drama in my career and my kids love hearing about it. I, you know, they'll come home and I'll be like, you will not believe who got a Netflix special. Do you remember when I was on his show and he was so rude to me and you know, the, and they <laughs> love it. I mean, they think it's really funny. It, it's just fun. Whenever, whenever you're in a group of people where everyone is, they've either discovered their passion or they're working on discovering it or, mm -hmm. or they're just, they're just curious about the world and they're moving forward and they're doing things. It just gives you stuff to talk about. So I'll talk about the drama and the comedy world that I've somehow gotten wrapped up in. And then my one daughter will come home and she is the mascot at her high school. So she'll tell some funny story about the interaction with the cheerleaders. Uh, my other daughter is a writer and she'll talk about how some friend of hers said she didn't like her novel. And then we talk about that. And, you know, my son is studying engineering in college. And so he'll come visit and he'll talk about how annoyed he is with the program, <laughs> that it's hard to get into this and that thing. And so it, it and, and then my little son, my 10 year old, he is a big history buff and we have a green belt behind our house and he is working on digging a World War One style trench for a Nerf <laughs> battle. And, and this is his whole, like, it's his whole life is this trench. And all the neighborhood boys are in, in on it. So they'll come up to my house and they won't even greet me. They're just like, to the trench. We have to work on the trench. <laughs> and so it's it's just makes for easy conversations. It's fun mm -hmm. to hang out in our house when all the kids get home from school. Oh, we're talking about the trench. We're talking about the World War One battle that the Nerf battle is going to be based on. Uh, who I hate, who has a Netflix special. We're talking about mascot work. I mean, it's like, this is not hard spending time with my kids. It's fun. It's like a party mm -hmm. every day. You enjoy your children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing in my comedy is I never complain about my children in mm. stand up because that's, you know, that's a common thing for yeah. female comics to do. But I don't because I think it's really fun to have six kids and I, I never complain about it. I appreciate that about your, your humor because it is so easy to be the complaining mom. That yeah. is a lot of the content that is fed to us on TikTok and Instagram. The wino mom or, or the mom that like is I, I hate it when people post videos of their crying children and they're like, she cried because I gave her the plate she wanted. And it's like, that's going to live on the Internet forever. Yeah. yeah. And that kid in 20 years is going to see that. You, and like, yeah, maybe text it to your friend. Like, can you believe? But like, don't throw it onto the Internet. I appreciate <laughs> that you let your kids both be themselves and then you appreciate that. Um, how have you fostered that? You mentioned a son in engineering, a kid building a World War One trench. Like for those of us that have children who have interests, who are completely themselves, like sometimes we can be tempted to try to put them in a particular box or like squash a particular love. How have you fostered that? Nope, be yourself, pursue what you're interested in, and we'll be here to support you. I think one of the things that that has helped is I, I have got to be the least controlling mother <laughs> in the world. I mean, I'm I am like if there's a spectrum of how controlling you are, I have got to be at the full extreme of laissez faire. <laughs> just, I mean, I, I I'll tell you this. I don't make my kids make their beds. I've never in my whole parenting career have I said make your bed. I just don't care. It does. I, it doesn't. Yeah, that's not a priority for me. And, um, so it, and that's just my natural personality. I, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't control people. I I'm not a micromanager. And so that has given my kids a lot of space. I don't control their schedules. 
I was pretty loose with screen time limits, which, by the way, is is how my son is such a history buff. He's not a big reader, but he's one of the most educated kids I know because he just binges YouTube history videos like he just can't get Mm. enough of history videos on um, on YouTube. And and so I didn't try to control that. I wasn't like, no, you should be reading because that'll make a better picture for my Instagram. If you have a book, (laughs) it's like, all right, you just watched five hours of YouTube on like the Peloponnesian War. Like, that's actually fine. You're learning about the Peloponnesian (laughs) War. That's cool. Um, And and then, you know, when my other son, my my oldest son, um, he spent four years developing a new artificial intelligence algorithm that might actually go somewhere. It's pretty crazy what he did. He did this on his own time. It was not a school project. And the way that came about was he just loves spending time on computers. And I don't know that it was always productive time, but I was like, all right, this kid wants to be on computers all day, but it seems like he's actually learning something about programming. He's really passionate about it. So I didn't control that. I didn't tell him Mm. he had to go play sports. He didn't like sports. So I didn't make him do sports. And it was like, okay, he wants to spend six hours on a Saturday in front of his computer. But I do see he's like, he just taught himself C++. So mm. uh, I'm going to let that go. And and I really think just taking a step back and having the philosophy that as long as my kids, you know, their mental health is good, they are progressing in some co- sort of constructive way of life. Like I, I would have probably done something if they were just sitting around watching stupid, you know, yeah. silly slime videos or something, I would be like, what are you doing with your life? Like, you, you don't want to do this. But as long as there's some sort of forward progression, they're learning something, they're interested in something, I really just kind of let it go. And I, I did not control their their interests. And I, I didn't even really control their schedules that much. Mm. I appreciate hearing that because I, I am I am not laissez-faire. And in fact, I think my controlling this might be hurting my kids sometimes because it's like mom is always stressed about what is or isn't happening. And that's not good either. Um, I make their beds because I can't stand to walk past the room and see the blankets all over the place. But that's like a, that's an, that's a me thing. That's not a them thing. (laughs) No, I'm just a slob. I just, physical mess doesn't bother me because I live in my head. I don't even see it. I don't notice it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Like the physical world at all. Cause I, I literally said to my husband last night, if these Legos do not get picked up, I'm going to have a panic attack. And it's he was funny, like, I wouldn't have even seen the Legos. I would oh, have walked wow. right past them and not noticed them. And see, as soon as they were picked up, I was fine. Yeah. But it was like I was overstimulated by the mess in the room. And so like I needed to control that. So maybe the the moral of the story here is you just have to figure out, okay, what is it that is your blue flame to use some Jen Fulweiler language. Like, what is it that inspires you? What is it that you love to pursue? And then what is it that triggers you? And then how do you find the balance right, right. between those two? Um, yeah, we, that's true. We I could, do have certain things yeah. like that too. And I guess it, it it's like, I try to do the bare minimum of getting mm-hmm. mad at the kids causing tension. Cause it's just, you know, you only get so much time with your kids. And if I'm yeah. going to raise my voice and be frustrated and be like, why didn't this get done? It had better be worth it. And so I just, uh, I don't come down hard on them unless it is something that, that really matters. And I try not to just like nitpick and mm-hmm. henpeck all day long. I, for yeah. the most part, it's like, we can just hang out. And what's interesting too, is then all their friends want to hang out at our house because it's yeah. just a laid back place where you can be comfortable and be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The, you're the house where the kids know snacks will be there and it's okay if we go into the pantry and get the snacks. 
versus I had, yes. I had some well, friends in high school. I'm also yeah. the house where like if I'm on tour, there might be nothing in the pantry because we're way behind on groceries. <laughs> but they're welcome to whatever we have. You know, there's like a Whatever's rotting banana there. on the, yeah. <laughs> it's yours. It's yours. Let yeah, me just I had jump a- in to say also, we yeah. we really gave up on putting our kids in activities that they were not mm. passionate about. I think that would be one of my top recommendations for your yeah. listeners. If your kid has a passion for something, that's one thing. But if they're just kind of like, uh, I could take or leave this activity, do mm-hmm. not waste this precious time out of your life and out of your kid's life and waste your money because there is a lot of value of everyone being bored at home together. We, yeah. we haven't done weekend sports in a long time. And, and again, if, if, if they're really into it, that's one thing. But my kids just weren't into that. So we've got whole Saturdays where everyone is just lying around and chatting and everyone stands in the kitchen and talks about what's going on with them. There is yeah. a high value in that. And only give that up if you really see a, a, yeah. a real passion for this sport that is going to take up your entire Saturday. Yeah, it's it's I love that you just said that because we tried soccer last year and Rose hated it. And I was so mad. It was like, this is community and this is building, you know, the skill. And then of course, come to find out her ankles were pronated. So running was painful, but we didn't know it because she couldn't articulate it. So that was a whole thing, but we didn't do it this year, obviously. And it's been so great to not have to lug a wagon out to a field. Some families love it. That's your thing. Go for it. But it wasn't our thing. Theater on Tuesday nights for two hours is her thing. And like, that find the thing and then support the kid in the thing. Jen, we could keep going, but we try to keep these tight so that people will actually listen to the whole episode. Uh, although I'm sure they certainly will because we all love you. But we end, I didn't warn you about this and I'm sorry. Uh, we end our conversations by asking the same question to all of our, our guests. And it is uh, kind of memento mori, you know, a little Catholic goth if we have to. Uh, what do you want your kids to remember about you? Um, okay. I'll say the first thing that came to mind. It's probably not the right answer, (laughs) but the first thing that that came to mind is I do. I hope they say mom made life fun Mm. because a lot of, I think a lot of us as moms, we get really ground down by the stress. It's like financial stress, work Mm -hmm. stress, home stress. You're worried about your kids. This kid has depression. This kid isn't getting enough sleep. This kid's failing a class. And you as a mom can unintentionally make life a little dreary because Mm -hmm. you're just overwhelmed and you're constantly nitpicking and criticizing. And, um, and, and I was like that for a while. And at some point I was like, no, 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 life is too short. We're not, I'm not going to be like this anymore. And that's when I started fostering my own passions more. And I started encouraging my kids to do that. It was like, no more soccer. We hate soccer. Like this is not for us. We, We like watching it, but we are not, we're not sports people to play. And, um, and, and I started saying that I was like, you know what, I want to be fun. And of course, you know, there are limits. I don't mean fun, like, Hey, have a drink 16 year old. (laughs) Obviously there are (laughs) limits. You still have to be a good mom and a good leader and all of that. But, um, everything just got so much better when I decided that I wanted to make our house fun. Mm, I love that. I think it's true from what I see you share and from what I know of your life. So Jen, thanks so much for joining us. Where can folks follow you? Uh, I know you've got a new special that'll be coming out soonish. Tell us where all things are for Jen Fulweiler. 
yes, my new comedy special will be coming out February or March of 2024. And I can't wait for people to check it out. It is all about my perspective as a mom. I have a podcast. I love my podcast. I do it once a week, every week without fail. It's called The Jen Fulweiler Show. It's on all your podcast apps, YouTube, all of that. And um, yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, all of that as well. Just search for my name, Jen Fulweiler. That's F-U-L-W-I-L-E-R. There was that radio voice that came out. I heard it. It was great. (laughs) Sometimes I do switch (laughs) back into that. No, you totally had it. I love it. Jen, thanks so much. Thank you. One of the things I'm I'm always so encouraged by with this show is that in and having conversations with real moms, and not that there's fake moms, but in having conversation with moms who are are living their best life, not because their life is picture perfect, not because everything is always together, but because they are living authentically. Those conversations are life-giving. Those conversations are encouraging. Those conversations are, are sometimes challenging, but, but ultimately what I think those conversations do, what we hope this podcast is doing for you, is giving you perspective, is being able to help you kind of zoom out for a, a minute and, and look at the way you're living your life and what you are all about. Jen wrote a book a few years back called Finding Your Blue Flame. And it was this idea about figuring out what your dreams are, figuring out what your gifts are, and and bringing those two into alignment. And and she actually, she interviewed me for the book where I, I tell the story in the book about when my husband and I got fired. He was fired on a Friday. I was fired on a Monday from a Catholic school. The guy that fired us got fired a week later, but we didn't get our jobs back. And kind of talking to her in that conversation, I shared with her some of the best piece of advice that was ever given to me. And it was from a wonderful priest friend who looked at my husband and I, and he said, the devil's best trick is to convince you that you're stuck, that what you had is the only good thing God ever had for you. And when you've lost it, now God no longer has better plans. And I remember when I, I shared that with Jen, she was really moved by it, obviously enough to put it in her book and, and talk about it on a radio show. And, and she and I have kind of gone back to that point. We didn't go back to it in this particular conversation because it went in a different direction. But off the air, we talked about it for a few minutes, how, you know, when we allow ourselves to believe that we are stuck, we actually do not know what we're about. We, we aren't able to follow our dreams. We're not able to raise our kids well. We become these individuals who are kind of stuck in this loop, almost like this cul-de-sac of our lives. And the moms that I know that I admire the most, that I love the most, that I want to talk to on this show, the mom that I want to be, they're moms who recognize that not only does God have good gifts in store for us, but I can do my part. I can do my work. I can know what I'm about and pursue those good things that I can help my children pursue those good things, that I can recognize when I know what I'm about, it ultimately means that I know what God is about for me. And, and it's not just that God wants something from us, but that God does truly desire something for us. And there's, there's a lot of freedom in that. There's a lot of beauty in that. That's one of the things I always tell Jen, both on the air and off the air when we get to chat with one another, she's so free. She's so at peace. She's doing what she's good at. She's pursuing it with gusto. Her kids are thriving and her motherhood is flourishing. And I I really, really love that. I hope you enjoyed this conversation I got to have with my friend. She mentioned, of course, she's got a, a new special coming out in the spring. You'll be able to stream it on various platforms when it's available, but you should definitely go sign up for Jen's emails. I love getting her emails in my inbox every week 
where she sometimes offers, you know, an encouraging word. She sometimes links her her very fun podcast or she tells you where she's going to be on tour. So check it out. The link is down in the bio, jenfulweiler.com, and you'll be able to find more there. We're so grateful that you listened to our little podcast today. We're always really happy that you find your time spent with us. And and we're grateful when you give the show a, a bit of a rating and a review so other folks can find it. The best way to help a podcast grow is to tell other people that you know about this really cool thing that you're listening to. So if you like Like a Mother, please tell a friend this Advent season. Please let somebody know that you're enjoying it and maybe they'll start to listen to it as well. We're always grateful to have you with us. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another wonderful episode. And thanks so much for listening today to Like a Mother. Are you looking for the perfect gift for a young Catholic? Well, look no further than saintsofthekingdom.com. They have created the first ever one-of-a-kind Saint Michael the Archangel action figure. The young Catholics in your life will have so much fun with this action figure, and it'll, of course, increase their devotion to St. Michael, and they'll grow in their faith. Half the proceeds of every purchase are donated to Catholic charities, so you can find this awesome gift, this very cool toy, at saintsofthekingdom.com, or visit the link down in our show notes. We're grateful that Saints of the Kingdom sponsored today's episode of Like a Mother. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. Dot com.